Hello. Welcome to Discover Energy at Work. I'm just remembering, I used to go, hello, welcome to Discover Energy at Work, like trying to raise the vibe. And, and I just feel like, you know, you're here, you're a friend. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to me, to, to us talking again, uh, my guests every week. I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much. Um, Discover Energy Work, you know, there's so many people, you know, through my um, third season, and we've got like, you know, 18 episodes this this uh, this week, and uh, I'm recording this, this may be 19 or 20 where, when it comes out. There's so many people with so many incredible experiences, and they're ordinary people like you and me. And some of them have done amazing things, and some of them are just, they're just continuing with their life, but they still, they've got this sort of other knowledge. And I'm so lucky today uh, to be um, with Victoria. Victoria, is it Rada or Raider? Raider, Raider. Raider, okay. So my German influence would go Rader, Rader. Um, oh, I'll take it all. I'll take yeah, it all. <laughs> right. And I spoke, I spoke, obviously, I speak to people before I invite them on the show because I'm. I'm fascinated to to make sure that it's right. And I remember it was like two or three weeks ago. I said, yeah, please, we've got to have you on the show. There's there's a story. And I can, I'm now like, I've got the greatest mind. It only lets me remember, I don't know, a little bit of what I what I what I experienced. And that's kind of cool for me. So I'm I'm excited. I know it's, a, it's an exciting story. Victoria, would you introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. First of all, Richard, thank you. This is a wonderful opportunity to talk to you and just uh, to enjoy your beautiful listeners. I can feel the energy of your podcast. It is in itself healing. I'm just going to speak into it, you guys, because I think as you listen to the messages, sometimes the miracle of healing can be overlooked. And when I listen to a couple of your episodes with your guests, uh, there are some beautiful subliminal healing that happens. Mm. And so even if you're a regular listener, um, you can hopefully be aware of that. And that's just such a beautiful additional uh, gift that this podcast brings. So I'm excited to be here. Um, I have a company, a company's name is You To Shine that I've now been uh, running for over a decade. And I refer to myself as a possibility coach. Uh, this is a uh, mm. branding that's been crafted for me by my clients. Uh, when my publicist said, look, you're doing apps now, we have two wonderful healing apps, you know, you're doing all these programs, but you don't have a title. What is it that you do. So I asked my clients, I said, Hey, guys, I need a title, you know, PhD is beaten. I this uh, I'm no doctor, I don't I'm Vika. So what do you call me? And the story after story started coming in of saying, you know, I thought it was impossible to get out of uh, $100,000 debt. And now I'm debt free and I'm running a couple of businesses. I thought it was impossible to have a child. Now we have three. I thought it was impossible to heal from cancer. This is 10 years ago, you know, and so uh, there was a common theme of seeing something that appears to be impossible and then mm -hmm. making it happen. And that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. I allow for people to expand their awareness to a possibility of the best and highest solution. And then I empower them to live into that solution. So I'm not a miracle worker. I'm just a witness. <laughs> that's, um, I mean... 
That's a lovely introduction. And, you know, it reminds me, like last week, I was talking to uh, Michaela Pei, and she's doing, she says, well, I'm doing energy work. So I'm also my experience, you're doing energy work. What do you want? You know, we can start working with the energy. Like it's, it's the, it's the, you might say the blueprint of the universe is written in the energy. So we're working with a very, very fundamental um, substance, you might say. I, I, I think they're so difficult to use words for energy, isn't it? But, oh, uh, yeah. you know, very serendipitously, uh, you, you, you viewers cannot see, but you can, and I'll read it. I'm wearing a T-shirt and the T-shirt says you matter unless you multiply it by light squared, then you energy. <laughs> So, uh, so An Einsteinian uh, joke, yeah. Oh, very much so. Oh, you know, and speaking of Einstein, I think he's been the greatest inspiration behind everything I do because there's this quote that he said that, um, let me let me reframe it and remind it. When you match the frequency of the reality that you want, you cannot help but get that reality. This is not philosophy. This is physics. So when we talk about energy, I think one of the reasons it's so, quote unquote, hard to define it is because everything is. The first universal law of energy is energy is. And then the second, you know, and you can say God is, light is, but energy is. And then the second, of course, universal law backing it up is it is neither created nor destroyed. It is continually translated, transmuted, and transfigured. And so we, we are energy. Matter is just the slowest frequency of energy. And I think the healing process is when we allow for our matter to allow for the energy to go through it and to purify it from any blocks. There's no miracle to healing. Our bodies are healing all the time. You know, as people ask, I've witnessed some of these uh, in my uh, physical, uh, because I work with all levels of, uh, you know, being a physical, mental, emotional, people go like, oh my gosh, this person just had an instantaneous healing. And I'm very cautious about how I define instantaneous healings, because what appears to us, to our physical experience as instantaneous, mm. is something that that human being has been preparing for over a period of time. And in the moment when you get to witness that last drop of a miracle, it's like, oh my gosh, it just happened. And so on the other hand, if you, if you find yourself right now in a situation where you've addressed a certain issue in many ways and you feel nothing's happening, please realize it is happening. It's just there is a law of time and you will have your instantaneous healing. It just like sometimes they take 10 years. <laughs> it's so fascinating. And, and you say there's a law of time and yet we have people who've, who've time has been bent for them in their own experiences. So mm -hmm. even that, just like it, we, we really, I mean, it's, it's so amazing. I think you're totally right. I, I do remember that when we spoke, I thought, oh, wow, this person has got the most amazing way of summing things up in a, in a really, you know, structured way that anybody can understand it. Yes, I do remember that, Victoria. I, wanna, I want to go, I want to hear what you're doing now, but I also want to go back to, like, you know, where, where do you come from? Like, 
who is i mean of course this is a very difficult question to answer because there is no real answer but but where does it start where does this energy work start you know richard i i've asked myself that question driving into the office here to do to do the interview with you because i thought i have so many stories mm. which story is the story for this podcast and mm. i was taken back to two of my grandpas <laughs> so i'm going to share this is where it starts as per this podcast, right? Because I think um, my first grandpa was my mom's dad. His name was Alexander. I was born in the Soviet Union, in Ukraine, which is now Ukraine, but was a part of the Soviet Union. And every summer I spent in the village with my grandpa, Sasha Alexander is a full name, when I was little. And when I was five, he suddenly died of a stroke. And that was my first brush with death. I remember... Uh, sitting there on, you know, they, they had little tiny house, uh, five kids, one of which was my mom was brought up in a one bedroom house with an outhouse, you know, and, um, and I just remember sitting on the bed there, and uh, his body was in the same little room, and going through all of the stages of grief without knowing it being five. And I remember the guilt the most, because I sat there and I was trying to figure out how did I contribute to this outcome? Oh. I saw losing him as a punishment. And I remember mm -hmm. clearly one thing. Um, I didn't like to eat, you know, eat. it's just I had issues with eating, didn't was too busy, didn't take time to eat. And I remember clearly sitting on that bed and saying, if only I can have him back, I promise I will eat better don't completely unrelated, you know, schematic, but that was my first communication with divine presence, with divine intelligence, with God, you're not allowed to believe in God and the Soviet Union, I was not brought up religious or spiritual in any way, you had a God, his name was Lenin, <laughs> you know? right, right, and, and Stalin, and, and, yeah, uh, but that was my inner yearning for figuring out death, mm. And then I've made a connection. I was I went into such a shock when that happened because um, I was left at home by myself with my cousin who was pregnant at the time, and my parents didn't want me to be traumatized by the whole funeral procedure where they you know lower a person in and cover them with death with with dirt, and mm -hmm. so I of course wanted to know where they were taking grandpa, so I ended up running behind the funeral proceedings hiding as to not be seen. So if you think of a whole bunch of subconscious programs that are being formed in this five-year-old girl. So I'm grieving, I'm scared, I'm guilty, and I'm hiding. And that became a pattern of how I showed up in life for a while. It became extremely shy. I had strep throats when we don't express our truth. Our spiritual causes our physical, right? So when I... I started having a lot of strep throats. I didn't express myself very well until about age of 11. I had no friends. It was just kind of me and my books. And that was a forming of me on one side. And, you know, learning what life is as defined by death. And I truly believe that death serves a very important role because it defines life. It gives life's life parameters. And I had that gift very early on. And then on the second side, you have a very different story that happens about the same age. I'm about five or six. And this is my grandpa Volodya. And that's my dad's dad. And he, 
has had a little bit of a temper, quite a little bit of a temper. And so I knew that when he's watching me, I got to be quiet. Here we go, quiet again. And so I kind of have to be quiet. And so I was minding my own business. I was playing in the room and uh, played house and figured that I wanted to have a hanger from my doll's clothes, had a hairpin, metal hairpin, and had an electric outlet right there asking to be serving as a little hanger. So I took the pin, I plugged it into the outlet. And now there was a huge electric shock. And uh, I wasn't knocked out. There weren't angels appearing, at least not until much later in my life. <laughs> but what happened? But what happened? Fuses blew. And then my grandpa blew, you know, and um, but experience stayed with me and it was uh, continuing the story of who I am. It was probably into my um, about 15 years ago. So into my 30s, I found myself in a period of life where everything was dark. My health, I had few diagnoses piling up. My marriage was kind of shaky. We were broke financially, just all of these things that were creating uh, quite a bit of a darkness. And as I was meditating and praying my way out, a voice came in the middle of the night saying, stop fighting the darkness, just turn on the light. And that moment from childhood was brought to me. And I made a very powerful parallel of on which I talk all the time with electricity, the electrical power that comes into the house is the same that goes to every single outlet. But it is the resistance that the devices have that allow how much power goes through. So your 40 watt, your 40 watt you know, light bulb will only allow dim light, but your 100 watts light bulb will allow very bright light. So the power is the same. The resistance either limits the power or expands it. And I realized that it was dark in my life because I was at a maximum resistance and that all I have to do going forward is learn how to literally get out of the light's way. And hence started the certifications and the seeking and the healing. Even though as a child, I had a lot of genuine talent, it was completely suppressed by that inability to express that created a lot of darkness. And uh, serendipitously so, Richard, you're interviewing me too one day after I launched my podcast that's called All About the Voice, you tell me that's a coincidence. <laughs> well, there's no coincidences you could say that. I mean, uh, it's all, I like to think, well, although there's a film coming out called The Matrix, I, I like to think it, it is about a matrix of energy that, that really, um, it's, a, it's a fascinating matrix of, of everything. We're, we're connected with it, but a bit like, um, the internet. Sometimes you you know your connection is is not. You don't have the bandwidth. You're still on dial-up. You know, um, and uh, so. But I mean, I, I find I find um, um, that it's that process of breaking down. I mean, we were talking. I was talking last week to Stanley Krippner. He's a professor. He's done a lot of scientific work, uh, professor of psychology, and uh, he's done a lot of scientific work on psychic phenomena, yeah. apports, like things appearing from nowhere, literal physical objects appearing. Um, and he's on the scientific 
he's taken a skeptic with him. He's a professor. He's not he's not an associate professor. He's a real professor. He's taken a skeptic. He's taken a, a, a physicist that's measuring, you know, um, electromagnetic fields. Yeah. And they're finding things. Now, what I find um, fascinating is um, how he says that we can predict how uh, psychic somebody is. And I don't think this is I don't really think my my podcast is about being psychic. It, it, I mean, psychic is just part of it. But you can predict how, how psychic somebody is by what they call, I think, called the thick boundary or the thin boundary. So some people, their our matrix of who we are, as it were, doesn't allow us to go out into the world. It allows us to literally sort of just stay about up to here, and we're not allowing our, our spirit to grow. Um, and other people, they're probably a little bit oversensitive sometimes, but they can feel in a bigger way. So um, I, I really like your analogy of like uh, resistance. So were, were you resistant? I mean, and how did you break down your resistance? Uh, well, going back to psychic and bringing that from that perspective, you know, one of the modalities that I uh, love is theta healing. And I like it because it defines uh, psychic abilities very clearly as, as four different aspects. And it invites everybody to realize that we are born, born with at least one of those abilities. And it's the journey of expanding all four. And so the four psychic, because when you just say the word psychic, what does it mean? Well, it's you do paranormal stuff. But I love what Viana has done. Viana Stable is the, um, I guess, the author or the creator of this modality because she's broken it down into four aspects. And she said it's a four-aspected reality. You can be clairvoyant. Clairvoyant psychic ability is ability to foresee things going both in the future and the present. And it's just a probability on a time continuum, right? Or people that travel to different um, uh geographic location through their ability to see. So that's clairvoyant. Then there's clairaudient. Those are the people that hear things. You know, not all voices you hear mean that you're schizophrenic. <laughs> Some people, it's just discerning which voices you hear. So they're clairaudient. Then the third one is empathetic. And that's where a lot of people start their psychic journey. And that's where the boundaries are preset for a lot of people. An empathetic person is somebody who feels things. And a lot of people uh, right now on the earth are very empathetic. You walk into the room, you were happy, and all of a sudden you're sad. You have no idea why you're sad. Well, you're psychic. You're scanning someone else's emotion or the general emotion in the room. And I can prove to you that everyone is psychic because when, when was the last time you thought of somebody's name and they either called you or texted you or said they were thinking about you, right? And that so it's just finding which aspect of being psychic you are and then expanding it. And then the last fourth aspect, it's called prophecy. And prophecy is divine knowing. It's when you simply know. You can't prove it. Don't try to prove it to people that don't believe that that's in definition. You can't prove to a non-believer. You can just know. And so wherever you are in your life, you start there. And I was very, very, um, I would say prophetic in my psychic abilities as to where I just knew. I knew 
which people to trust with. Knowing doesn't mean following. Mm. <laughs> Knowing that somebody can hurt you doesn't mean that you don't go into business partnership with I've done right. that so right. it's you know um, find the gift that you have whether you're empathetic or you are clairvoyant or you're clairaudient and then as you expand your ability those boundaries safely melt and I say safely because if you do it too fast or if your psychic ability comes as a result of shock then you don't know the difference between your energy and the world's energy. Mm. And this is where the mental stress comes from mm. and where you can become overly sensitive to that reality. Mm. So in my case, because I came with that gift of knowing, that is what I focused on. And I would meditate on the knowing. And I would say, okay, which way, which way, which way, which way. And every time I followed that ability expanded and then the clairvoyance came in as to where I can scan a person's body. Um, for example, Richard, you know, just talking with you last time, I went to my app phone and I was guided to download the Tai Chi app. Now, knowing that there's no coincidence, I said, wait a minute, I was just in Richard's energy. Let me Google him and see whether he has anything to do with Tai Chi. So lot, we're yeah. continually <laughs> influencing each other, right? We're continually yeah. influencing each other. It's just that sometimes we're unaware. But when things come out of a blue, when the universe has invited me to explore Tai Chi, that's when I pause. And this is how you guys expand your psychic ability and say, wait a minute, what was my most recent interaction? And then I was just amazed to know that, yes, you have impacted me. And the only difference between me and somebody who thinks they're not psychic is that I am aware of the impact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I love what you're saying. And it's so, um, it's, you know, that, I just thinking it's so different to me because I'd go, well, there's Professor Daryl Ben's uh, experiments on seeing the future, Rupert Sheldrake's, the, the, the sense of being uh, stared at. Where he's done these incredible experiments, which is all done to the scientific level. And then what you're saying is so simple. And so we, it, we, I was watching a documentary this afternoon. It's like a scientist is saying, just because we don't, uh, we don't scientifically know it doesn't mean it's not possible and it's not true. Yeah. And um, so many things like, like this, so many people know that it's, sci it's scientifically, there's great scientific evidence for its existence, but it seems to be, um, I think there's, yeah, there seems to be this sort of um, a fear of not being accepted by other people if you, if you own it. And I think that's, you know, that, that's part of, that's part of why I started the podcast is I wanted to, you know, just put out stories of people who'd had experiences and they, they'd gone with it. And, and some of these experiences are really quite small. I mean, I, I mean, if I compare them with some of the things I've had, I feel like the elephants had to like, you know, take a hammer and bash me on the head, you know, to say like, really, will you pay attention? Because they've had a dream. And then they, the dream has actually happened and they've, that's changed their life and they're off on a, on, a, on a way. And for me, it was like, yeah, 
it just keeps on coming back to bash me on the head. So obviously I've got, in some ways, got these thick boundaries and then these other ways got these, these thick, these uh, thin boundaries. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And, but you said, you said, so I'm going to be doing a series of people, I've already interviewed a couple of them, uh, who've had spontaneous healing. So essentially uh, that the category is, a sickness which is incurable by normal known means that is then healed. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, a, a complete, complete healing. A good example of that um, would be somebody having, and this is a real example, somebody having multiple sclerosis with scarring in the brain. I mean, it's, it's done. And then, actually all of the scarring disappearing and then then healing um and that's from i refer to jeffrey rediger's book uh called cured and it's like yeah but this is i've got a chance and everybody's a chance to to hear about your story with that because for a lot of people i think you know it's not that i want to take away any traditional approaches or maybe this is the traditional approach but but i want people to know there is another approach um so yeah, what, what happened there? In, in uh, you know, I was originally going to, the story I shared with you was my nephew's story, but uh, the way you've redefined spontaneous healing, uh, another aspect came in because I think, so um, I will kind of share briefly with my nephew, he was uh, born um, with a non-functional aorta, with uh, two valves that were not closing, a hole in his heart and a murmur in his heart. He was born with five conditions. And, right. uh, and, and the aorta, just for everybody, the aorta is like the main blood vessel coming from the heart. It's under a massive amount of pressure. Everything happens. It sends the blood to all the organs. If there's a problem there, you've got, it's like, it's like not having a foundation to the house. It's, it's really, really serious. Yeah. yeah. You know, the point and moment of that birth was uh, looking back, I was allowed to be there because I was doing healing, even as my uh, sister-in-law was giving birth um, and the baby was immediately, she got to hold him for about literally maybe five seconds before he was taken away and hooked up to, you know, to the, um, all the devices and given medication to keep the aorta open. So coarctation in aorta prevents the aorta from opening and allowing the blood to flow. And so that's kind of what they've done. And he was scheduled for the surgery for that first condition within 24, uh, 48 hours, because they wanted his lungs to mature enough to do the surgery. It's a condition that happens, I think. Um, and, what happened there that was for some reason was very poignant is that while there were not just her delivery doctor and the nurses, there were also obviously cardiol pediatric cardiologists. She was in the best cardiology a pediatrics hospital next door to in Washington, D.C. for the condition of the baby. Mm. But the thing that stayed with me was in the room was a helicopter nurse. And gratefully, my sister-in-law was spared emotionally because she was so excited that there were all these people to welcome her baby while looking back you know we understand that when you have a helicopter nurse they're not there for the baby that's being delivered they're there to collect the organs for other babies to help their life as this baby doesn't make 
That's why you have a helicopter nurse. And so gratefully, my little nephew was born and um, I started working on him. And by starting working on him, I was uh, doing two different things. Um, My adaptation of quantum touch, where a person lays hands on the body and allows the energy to flow through them, trusting the process, trusting that the energy will be doing the healing. And while I was doing that for him, I was working using theta healing on his genetics, uh, because sometimes our genetics determine our condition. That answers the question to a lot of people of saying, how can a pure spirit, pure being come into a non-functional body? How could they've possibly created that, right? And I'm not going to go down the road of philosophies. Is it karma? Is it not? I'm just going to go with simple genetics here, genetics that, you know, that the baby inherits. And so I had access to genetics because my brother and his wife were right there. So I was shifting programs genetically for them. What does that mean? Um, If you think of your thought patterns, your thoughts are electric. Every time you think something, an electric impulse travels through your brain. As it travels through your brain, it makes a pathway. For example, if you go through the forest and you're the first person to go through, it's very hard to get through. If you're the 10th person, there's a slight passage. But if you're a millionth person, most likely you have a pure clearing. That's how brain works too. Every time we think something, if you think I'm stupid once, that's okay. If you think I'm stupid once a day, they're eh, not so good. If you think I'm stupid once an hour, that's the way you address everything in life. You address it through I'm stupid and I'm unable. Mm-hmm. So when we change the paradigm, we shift the thought pattern from the damaging one to the healing one. Now in physics, we know that whenever there is an electrical current, there is a magnetic field. So what is a magnetic field for a human being? It's our emotion. So for every thought, there is a corresponding field of emotion. So we are electromagnetic beings or thinking, feeling beings. As we change conscious or subconscious thought patterns, we shift the emotions. Or alternatively, a lot of people work on emotions. You can approach, there's no wrong way to heal. You can shift the emotion and that will trigger the change in your thought patterns. Well, that electromagnetic being then sends the frequency, the uh, field then sends the frequency through the physical body and allows for the healing. So the spontaneous healings happen when there are no blocks to that change. So you make the shift and there are no blocks and it happens instantaneously or spontaneously. It takes time sometimes when a person has several blocks in a way of that. So you need to resolve those Mm -hmm. and then witness a spontaneous healing. So in the case of my nephew, you know, I was working on my brother-in-law, on my brother, my sister-in-law's genetic programming that went several generations for both of them of being unloved. That's a hard program being understood. That's a hard program, not mattering that's a hard program so a lot of these were shifted while I was doing quantum for him within 48 hours an hour before his surgery the doctor took over 200 images and right in front of their eyes the aorta was opening and his file does state medical miracle now the doctor said we don't have an explanation for that but we have witnessed it happen before and so we need to see him in four months uh, in six months for his surgery open surgery for the valves but within four months we've seen the valves were very short the valve is something that has to flap 
to allow for the blood flow into the heart. And if, it, if the valve yes. doesn't close, right, the, the heart is damaged. So in his case, mm. the openings were very wide. It was four and eight millimeters, non-functional valves. So within four to six months, we have seen the complete growth and closing of the valves. The hole in the heart was healed through all of the progressive healing and the murmur was gone. And um, then he started growing cardiac babies, even full term are born smaller. And so by the time he was one year old, he was taken off completely of the cardiac checks as, as a completely healthy little boy. And um, this is coming in, Richard, so I'll show that to you. We are a part of each, uh, shared with you, we, are, we were a part of each other's stories. You know, one of the things that I teach is how to foresee the future so that you can change it, right? Uh, I, I train people in their psychic ability to scan for the most probable future. And I tell them the only reason you do it is so that if you don't like it, you change it. And mm -hmm. that's called manifesting. That's how future and manifestations are related. And you just train your brain that it can scan immediately. And so I was flying. I fly a lot. I travel a lot. I was flying with my whole family uh, other than my husband, my two kids. There are significant others at a time and my mom. We go to a conference every year to California. We're flying through Denver. And as the plane was landing, I had this one second feeling we're going to crash. And I would have not remembered it, by the way. But I was like, yeah, no, let's just erase this picture. Let's manifest safe landing. Hmm. And we were we were in a landing mode as we are landing. Uh, as I witnessed that the pilot says, uh, you know what, we're not going to try to land it. The winds we the, the, we're going to come run from the other end. So he pulls the plane up. We shake quite a bit trying to come up. He flies around the wind. He lands it. And once again, I would not have thought twice about it, except that when I get off the plane, there is a text from my sister-in-law. And at that time, my nephew is 18 months old. And the text says, are you guys okay? And it is sent at a time that we changed the landing pattern. Right. And I called her, I said, why? She said, well, because Alex, Sasha, my little nephew was asleep, taking a nap. And he woke up, he sat up in his bed, he pointed up with his little finger. And he said two words, he calls me Lala. He said, Lala, plane. And so that connection, that bond that we have created during the healing, that energy unity. So many examples of this. You know, yeah. I love the, the story. One of my favorite stories of this is Ingo Swan um, getting the, Ingo Swan developed the remote viewing for the military. Um, went, went and spied on the Soviet Union, you know, quite successfully. Um, and um, he got a dream to invest in Madison Square Gardens before Madison Square Gardens was developed. And it was like this nothing company. And so he went, he went, he, he went to a friend of his who's a um, um, stockbroker. And he said, I've had this dream. And he said, well, I've a look at the stock. It's, yeah, it's nothing. It, it's not, there's nothing I can say that you should buy this stock at all. So 30 days later, there's this development. Somebody's put like massive amounts of money into Madison Square Gardens. It goes from, you know, a dollar a stock to seventy dollars a stock. You know, this ridiculous, ridiculous growth, and and he goes, Ingo phones his phones his stockbroker and said, you know, I told you about that. And he said, well, there was no reason, but you know, 
if it's any consolation, because you came to me and you told me you'd had a dream, I bought stock. The stockbroker had heard a dream and said, well, I bought stock because I've learned to listen to, to my dreams and other people's dreams. And uh, the stockbroker made a, made a fortune and Ingo, well, he said he learned his lesson that he's always going to listen to his dreams from then on. Yeah. Um, and, and he talks about um, Caesar. His, Caesar's wife said, don't go to the, you know, the, uh, what is it, the forum today, yeah? She had a whole whole dream about it. There's so many examples of this. And I love the story. I, I was also going along the lines. I was thinking there must be a very special connection between you and this, this kid now. I also felt, and it's just a picture that came, that there was an angelic presence when you were there. Is that... Is that right or is it just? Yeah. 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 Richard, uh, two amazing observations. Uh, <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around, you know, just because it happens doesn't make it less miraculous every day. I heard the story you just shared from an audio book that I'm listening to right now. And yesterday I heard the story. The book is called uh, Happier, Richer, Wiser by William Green. And the broker's name was Marks from the Oaks uh, <laughs> Brokerage Management. <laughs> it's unbelievable that you just right. shared that story um, yeah. with the angels, with the angels. How um, two, two things that I want to share with that at a time of birth, about two or three minutes before the baby was born, the room started being filled with the angels and the angels some of them were the family members that have already passed on or have not been born yet and as they came in they formed a beautiful circle around him they just stood in a circle you know i you know i love this because it was that the first time you'd had that with like angels appearing in the room yeah because mm-hmm. i was thinking like very much sometimes I feel even me you know when I'm doing energy work is like, I feel like we need to throw all of our energy work books away there's loads of stuff which just isn't in the books which is it's probably as important or more important and if we're if we're too focusing on um you know we can we can create a resistance by holding on too too much onto our own little method um and uh you know I'm always um I'm always uh, surprised how some sometimes there's just an incredible energy field change that's just happening and yes I think we are part of it I think you being there you're like almost like a medium do you feel do you feel do you agree I like I like the word witness I uh, it's a quantum physics word right because the witness uh, creates the framework for reality so catalyst medium however you want to describe it I like the word witness and I tell people that I just happen to be somebody who is there to allow for healing to happen but I'm not the healer. I know we were used the word healer and I'm yeah. comfortable with the word, but I am not the healer. I have no power to heal somebody. Their innate ability to heal has to be witnessed for it to happen. That's mm-hmm. just the quantum physics reality, right? And so, um, 
And what I can increase is my ability to witness. And what you're describing so beautifully is that it's wonderful to read books as long as they expand our boundaries. But if we read the book and we allow for the opinion to become the truth, then we limit the truth. So that's, that's kind of what it is. You can be a greater witness if you're open to everything and you say, I'm just here to witness whether I know what it is I'm witnessing or I'm learning what it is that I'm witnessing. I'm just here to witness. So that's the word that reminds me of a humble awareness. Yes. Humility. Yes. That's beautiful. I'm curious to ask you, when did you, when did, when did this angel angel thing come in for you? Um, When did that appear? The very, the very first time I felt that presence was actually when, um, you know, I was a little girl and we talked about me being shy and not having any friends. And so um, what I thought were my imaginary friends, I've learned were actually my children. <laughs> I was talking to the angelic presence of my children to be. And the most amazing, and uh, my daughter, I call her my angel and she thinks it's cute. She's now 24, but she's my (laughs) angel. And I want to share one story, Richard, that's coming in so strongly as to how we can be often that presence to ourselves. You know, I was um, Mm. at that very dark time that I was sharing with you. I remember uh, pleading and saying, I just need a way out. I need. I need some light. I need some, you know, clarity and just really things were, you know, we, we call it, I guess, could call it the dark night of the soul when you just push through a lot of stuff. And I felt somebody come and hug me and hold me. And I thought, oh, this is so wonderful, you know, and, and that was a grounding hug. And I've attributed it to the angelic hug at a time. And I felt immense peace and immense calmness. Now let's just forward 10, 11 years later, where I was at a very different place, you know, truly living from a place of light and a place of living. And I would dedicate, and I still do every day, I will connect to the divine and I'll say, who needs me most right now? And uh, I will be shown a person, whether it's a family member or somebody I don't know. And I go to them to the moment that I see energetically and I witness a healing for them. So it was one day that I'm witnessing this and I'm asking who needs me most right now and I'm taken to the moment where you talk about the laws of time I'm token taken to the moment of where I'm on my knees and I'm pleading and I went in and I held myself and it closed this very empowering cycle of realization that if you go to the moments in your life where you felt most lonely you can be there for you until other things happen. And so by completing the cycle, this is when I saw that at that moment, when I felt the loneliness, the room was full of angels. I just could not see them. Mm. I was not aware of them. And in our life, during those moments and during any moment, we are completely surrounded by divine presence. It's just our programming makes us blind to them. We could. You've, I just feel you've got so many, um, so many anecdotes and stories, and they're so fascinating. Um, and you've got a lovely way of, of expressing them. I want, but I want you to tell. Um, you've got some pro- programs that are going on and things, ways that you can help people. Um, and I, I want to, you know, because I 
trying to keep it sort of within sort of an hour. And it's so easy, like 45 minutes are gone, like, you know, just like that. It's just so easy. Um, what do you, and people can reach you for, for personal sessions, can they? Yes. So I can tell you some of the best ways to seek for help. The free one. <laughs> we'll start with a with couple of gifts. Um, I've mentioned I just launched all about the voice podcast. And it's a beautiful journey for reconnecting with your divine knowing and empowering you for your healing. So that's, mm. uh, you know, for life. So that's the podcast. Um, I have two apps. The first app is called I Happy Daily, and it's uh, uh, an energy activation in the form of affirmation that has an energy charge that activates 52 virtues, divine virtues. Every week is a certain virtue, and there's a written version and an audio version to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I have a different app that we will be continually adding to that's called I Happy Me. So it's I Happy Me, and I Happy Me is the app of serendipity because I'm so big on serendipity. It has a free portion to it, which is called my blessings. So you take the phone, you shake it and a blessing you need at the moment pops up for you. And then it has a subscription part to it, which is minimal subscription. And there are different sets. There is my money and it has energy laws of money and the activation and the exercise. There's my grief, which has 90 aspects of grief. When a person is grieving, they go through 90 aspects of grief. And I take neuro linguistics programming visualizations and I make them very short so you same thing you click and it comes up to you energetically what you're aligned with that you're processing consciously or subconsciously and there's a validation healing visualization and an affirmation with a hand on your heart very powerful app we're just about to add three minutes meditations to it so those are the entry points and then you can learn of every single other program on my website, which is u2shine.com. Why with why? Why you to shine s-h-i-n-e.com. And that's number is two. That the number two. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, that's mm-hmm. great. So we can send people over there to to um um I mean I'm gonna go over there. I want to go on the website. I want to download the app because you know uh, you know I think there's so many ways um that different people connect there isn't one way is there and in a way you know like like I'm much more about feeling and I'm much more in a way I'm much more about serendipity like stuff just happens and it happens when it happens and of course I'm doing my practices uh, but you know sometimes it's just yeah it's kind of amazing um I I, I feel like um, it would be what well, the best thing we could do is invite you back and um, we could talk more about your stories, your healing stories, because we've covered, well, we could talk about healing stories. We could also talk about the whole money manifestation and, and uh, where you shifted, because um, you must have gone through, like coming from the Soviet Union, coming to America. I mean, there must have been like, enormous challenges there uh, I think you've got some stories which for me the, the idea of stories is is yes I'm interested but I think stories is the best way of learning yeah it's like telling you the story about that Ingo Swan story about the the Madison Square Gardens uh, it, I, I know that from his book from Ingo's book so that it's from another book it's just like it's kind of amazing um, and um, so I just feel stories are just a wonderful way and it also reminds people like there's no difference between you and the president and 
you know, everyone else, you know. Um, so, yeah. So please come back. Would love to. This has been the most pleasant hanging out spiritually. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's a radio show. Like I, I really do feel uh, like I didn't know that I had the ability to just chat with people for an hour. And really, I could just go on and talk more and more. Um, and one thing I'm also keen, if, if, uh, if anybody else is keen, is to, to do it uh, like on Facebook Live and have people talk in, come in with, you know, their questions or, or with their life problems and get some from inside. So from, from your point of view and from my point of view. Oh, I think, Richard, we can do better than that. We can just heal people. Talking is great, but we can just heal people. People can come on and we can heal them live. That's, that's, uh, that's just a little benefit, you know? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's so funny because I can say yes to that. And then if I, if I advertise on Facebook that I'm healing people, they, don't, they absolutely won't allow that. In Germany, you get put in prison for it. I know. So it's a funny old thing. Well, oh, I know it, what we'll do. We'll be showing them possibilities. You can do that legally and shift their par paradigms. You can do that legally. And that actually leads to healing, but we don't need to disclose. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we're just doing it um, yeah, in the other way. Lovely. Fantastic. Thank you. So let's keep in touch and talk soon and you'll be back.